You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Eurobash all the way from beautiful Las Vegas. I am all packed up, I'm just about to leave for my flight and um, I've decided to get my intro out of the way for this week but uh, what a fantastic return to action for Conor McGregor, it really couldn't have gone any better for him. Um, I felt all week, he really put his best foot forward, he knocked it out of the park, he you know, answered... Uh, Questions put to him about a lot of things that have happened to him outside of the octagon. He reforged a relationship with Ireland through, uh, you know, really, really celebrating the flag and and his own Irishness after the result there, and then speaking to RTE. Um, and and it really feels as though he's gotten a lot of ground back with the fans. I mean, it felt as though <clears throat> on fight nights itself, everybody just. Not everybody, but the vast majority of people who had maybe soured from McGregor uh, in his period of inactivity and um, with the losses, they were right back in there uh, as soon as he had his hand raised. And my God, did he run through Donald Cerrone. My God. He, uh, 40 seconds, he absolutely destroyed him. I remember I was lo- I was up in the VIP area looking down on the octagon in the T-Mobile arena and as soon as they were in the cage, just looking at McGregor in there, I just had a feeling it was going to be one of those nights. I said it to Jim Edwards. As soon as they were both in the cage, I was like, oh, he's going to he's gonna run through him. Uh, of course, those shoulder strikes to head kick and then that beautiful left hand he landed as Cerrone was hurtling to the canvas, really. Um, very, very accurate. Um, a way better version of Conor McGregor than we saw against Habib. I mean, in terms of what he said... What he did, you know, how he looked. Um, you know, I feel as though this was everything he possibly could have asked for this week. A great win for the UFC, really, as well, and McGregor. You know, I, I, I was saying all week when I was speaking to Jose Youngs that this would be a factory reset. Like, this would be almost a, a complete shift from what he was at UFC 229. And show people why uh, they loved him. They they loved him on that initial ascent, and I think he did that very well. Um, because like you know, saying things is one thing, but doing things is another. And that performance, you know, even though Donald Cerrone was merely a passenger for the whole thing, um, you know, kind of completely obliterated him. The the performance is the the physical manifestation of the changes he's made, right? Like, I mean, he can say that all he wants, that he, he hasn't been drinking, that he's been on his best behavior, but until you can pull out a performance like that, it, it's hard for the, the general public and his fans to believe it, but it was resounding. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and look, you know, uh, I know Connor had said something to uh, about the video I made in the street there. I wasn't certainly wasn't the only one to alluded to the fact that the Irish weren't travelling in numbers the way they used to. Uh, RTE made um, some pieces about that. ESPN had a, a huge one out just two days out before the um, the the event. It was featured Ewan McKenna, of course, who has uh, Chaos Is My Friend, uh, the Conor McGregor story. Out. Like, not a very flattering look at Conor. That, that was featured as well. And um, look, the, the Irish didn't travel. I, I think I'm justified in, in, in saying that the Irish people... Uh, didn't have the same interest ahead of this event, but that uh, that might have changed. Like that, that is for me. It, it, it's changed substantially. I'm not trying to say everybody in Ireland is now 100 percent back on the Conor McGregor bandwagon. It's not. It's not like that. And I can see that from my Twitter feed when I when I 
shared out uh, the Conor McGregor interview he did post-fight with RTE. You know, I said, like, look, this is the best uh, look he could have put forward for the week. He, he's talking to the to his fans. He's saying, you know, they hold me accountable, saying basically if I do misbehave, they want, uh, they, they want me to answer for that. And it's good that he understands that. And I think it was, you know, it was really humble of him to do that interview. Um, but I, I can see after I've said, look, this is a good thing, people in, in the in the comments and stuff. And I think that's that's going to be the way for a long time until some things are resolved, of course, that, um, you know, I'm not really obliged to uh, speak about. You know, like in the in the old times, we would have seen that, you know, videos popping up all over the MGM and stuff. And that's another reason why it's actually hard to gauge the Irish fans over here. Like, I'd have no idea. Um, I know it wasn't a lot, but I, I wouldn't have a clue how many were here because when Connor fought Mendez and Aldo in the MGM Grand after the fight you 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 walk straight out in the casino and you can just see this sea of tricolors and green so it's a bit different when it's in the team mobile arena because it's not attached to anything you know um you know he he was a you know based on this week alone he was a great example of to of the Irish people you know he he definitely was. I, I didn't feel at any time anything was uncomfortable. I felt he carried himself like a sportsman. Um, and, uh, yeah, like he's, the momentum is back now. Look, like all we're talking about now is who's he going to fight next? Jorge Masvidal, Habib Nurmagomedov, you know, all of these different names. Like these are the stories that we're talking about now. This is what Conor McGregor was always about. You don't know which direction he's going to go in. You know, it's always about an options game to him. Um, when you when you think he's going one way, he'll go the other. There's so many matchups it feels that are on the horizon for him at the moment. Like uh, we have obviously Habib, uh, which Dana White believes is the the biggest fight you can make in combat sports. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, which a lot of people feel, um, a lot of my US colleagues feel as though the, it's probably the biggest money maker that the UFC can put on at the moment. This Cameron Usman. Um, you know, there's there's Floyd Mayweather still, and 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 maybe Manny Pacquiao. Phil O'Connor certainly seems to think so. But um, it's all good momentum. Um, I feel as though the Habib fight right now could uh could be tough. You know, like that that's a that's a pretty dark build up, and and to book that fight again, like these guys don't like each other. They pretty much hate each other. And after such a a glowing glowing week for McGregor is it is it good to put him in against Habib and uh, bring all that stuff to the tension to, to all those tensions to the forefront again of course Habib and Tony have to get it on on April 1st but um, yeah Tony could really throw a spanner in the works there as well my word there is uh, so much at play there now all of a sudden Masvidal I, di- I still haven't seen the uh the interview on Fight Night. Uh, Masvidal was great with the media all week. You probably saw me and Jorge, uh, sorry, me and Jose having some of his mescal the other day. Um, he obviously showed up at the arena on Fight Night with one of those Versace robes on that McGregor kind of popularized during his Maymac open workout, I believe it was. You know, you see like Cerrone kind of did the the proper 12 beside the Budweiser thing. I think you kind of have to, you have to kind of appeal to Connor's flattery nearly. You nearly have to flatter him slightly um, while trying to pick a fight with him. And maybe that's what Jorge has done. Like certainly I saw, you know, Sean Sheehan from Severe MMA saying it was, uh, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't really add any interest to the fight. Um, you know, and you'll hear Phil O'Connor talking later about like how, how desperate it seemed. <laughs> But um, I didn't see it. I've been trying to see it, actually. I just can't find it anywhere. And I haven't seen Stephen A. Smith either. Whoa, people don't like that guy. But, um, yeah, look, it's all good things for McGregor. It's all good things for the UFC. So many options. Um, you know, he he's won back a lot of the public favor. Um, and I, and I hope he sticks to it. Like, this is the guy. We want to see this guy doing well. It, it's good for all of us if, if Conor McGregor is doing well. And look, you don't want to see him, uh, you know, doing all this crazy outside the cage stuff. Like, I mean, it just feels so unnecessary for a guy that's been, you know, done so many things, forged his own path and become the biggest star in his own sport. Like, if, 
Like, you know, we don't want to see him like that. We want to see the guy we saw last week, you know, rolling with the punches. I, I feel like he, he got so much more comfortable as the week wore on. Like, every day you see a new level of comfort for him. And then, of course, it kind of climaxes in that fantastic performance in the octagon. And he did a great job in the, the post-fight press conference as well. It seems like him. It seems like the old guy. And let's hope it is. Of course, um, you know, still a, still a lot of people to win back, but well on his, like, you know, a huge, a hugely successful week for him, you'd have to say. Um, now, one thing that's interesting to me about this is that it's a really different story from an Irish perspective and a US perspective. Uh, that's why uh, this week I decided to get Phil and uh, Jose from Jose Jose Youngs from the A side on MMAfighting.com and of course Phil O'Connor, the great Phil O'Connor, uh a freelancer for Reuters and uh my spirit animal. But I mean the whole Irish support thing means absolutely nothing to the, <laughs> to the Americans. They don't care they don't care at all. <coughs> Excuse me. Um No, they do, they just care about Connor. Like Connor, like as as you'll hear Jose speak about later, like they aren't they aren't MMA fans, they're they're Connor fans. They're only tuning in for Connor. They they might you know, he might people who tune in to see Connor might take an interest in the sport later, but the reason why they're tuning in is to see Connor. Even he said, like, I mean, the pay per view numbers, he reckons it's insane. It feels like everybody was watching the fight. And that'll speak a lot about Connor's selling power. I mean we you saw Dana White glowing afterwards saying he was probably worth over two billion to the company. I'm sure that's music to Connor's ears too. But, I mean, they don't really care about out the, all this outside the octagon stuff. They just, because, you know, that's he's a prize fighter as far as they're concerned. Like, the, he, he's, he's polarizing. That's that's why people are tuning in to see him. Whereas, you know, Connor's symbol is the Irish flag. And I guess, as the ESPN um, clip showed, as my clip showed, some people felt as though his bad behavior reflected poorly on the Irish people. Um, so it, it's kind of different, but uh, I, I think we unanimously agree that this is a, a very good thing for Connor. And, um, you know, the more of this, the better moving forward. And I feel as though he, he's got back into the real McGregor territory now. This is the territory where people will doubt him in his next fight. Everybody knew he was going to, like, you know, I know Dan Bilzerian picked Cowboy and, and bet his gaff on it or whatever, but. You know, everybody was favoring Conor. If a, if a good Conor McGregor can show up here, he can win. Now he's into the real McGregor stuff, where it's like people are doubting him, and he goes in and silences them. Like, people will doubt him against Masvidal, absolutely. You know, I think I'd favor Masvidal right now. Against Habib, people will definitely fight Habib. They saw the first fight. I think I'd definitely fight, uh, favor Habib right now. But uh, this is what he does best. He, he knows how to silence his critics. He knows how to silence his doubters. So... I'm very, very intrigued to see what's next. I really hope it's one of them. Um, yeah, so I guess this is this is this will be a test of whether Vintage McGregor is really here. He de- he definitely seemed like it was the other night. So uh, first of all, we'll go over to my interview with Phil O'Connor. This was his suggestion to walk up and down the strip as we did an interview, and it was really cool. Um, it's great to have some other Irish journalists there. Like I miss Noel greatly, my sweet. Eurobash colleague, I missed him loads over here. You know, you'd love to see Sean over here. I didn't really get to see Graham, uh, who obviously works with McGregor now. I saw Dave Fogarty briefly. Um, you know, great to see Submission Radio guys, Jim Edwards, Oscar Willis, and MacLife. Um, saw Ariel, of course, Mark Raimondi, New York Rick. My own fantastic colleagues that keep their arms around me and keep me bigged up the Casey and uh, Esther, the GOATs. And of course, uh, the Celtic Chicano, Jose Youngs. Yeah, so it was, it was a great trip. But um, let's let's hope that a winning McGregor leads to even more Irish people uh, heading across the water for the next one because uh, it's uh, some of the some of the great moments of covering this sport come when uh, you get a big group of Irish hacks together <laughs> and we're all uh, trying to put together what the what the narrative is here. Um, so look, I'm gonna go over to my uh, talk with Phil on the strip. It was pretty badass. We had a beautiful dinner afterwards in Ginseng BBQ, a Korean barbecue, not the uh, the fat burger as we we allude to in the uh, in the interview itself. Um, always great to see Phil. The man's a legend. Uh, and look, it's two very different perspectives as far as I'm concerned from Phil and Jose. And Phil makes a great argument here because I was thinking I definitely want the Masvidal fight and. Um, 
Phil, Phil is a different way of looking at it. So let me know what you think. We'll be back here in about 20 minutes or so. And now for a very special interview. One of my favorite people and a mentor of mine, Phil O'Connor, a man who has dragged me through the tundra a few times and kept me in this game, is going to join me and discuss all that happened last night in the T-Mobile Arena. How are you, first of all, Phil? I'm pretty good. It feels absolutely tremendous to be popping my Eurobash cherry here on the Las Vegas Strip, a stone's throw from the T-Mobile Arena. The Irish are back, baby. (laughs) Or are they? (laughs) Yeah, I should point out, we're actually walking up the Strip currently. Um, People probably think I'm a bit of a weirdo with this headset on me holding an audio device and a microphone, but... uh, You you don't look out of place at all around here, right? There's an Elvis guy somewhere here, there's a Michael Jackson impersonator. You just look like P.T. Cal from MMAfighting.com. Nobody (laughs) believes that the real P.T. is here. Nobody's asking for pictures, though. But um, So, last night, I I felt as though... I felt it was a real turning point for Connor. Um, The whole week, really. This week, as soon as it kicked off... From the Helwani interview on ESPN to the press conference to the to the scrum, you know there was it was so different to what happened, um, you know, at UFC two two nine, which you covered as well. I mean, it's it, it was very different. I feel like it's um, something that's kind of, you know, it's something that Irish people can relate to a lot more. This guy having a bit of fun, this guy being happy, and then going in and getting the job done, of course, against Donald Cerrone. It just feels like there's a lot of different takeaways this time around than there was in, uh, in October 2018. Yeah, well, I think what we've seen uh, over the course of this week and this weekend is we've seen the rehabilitation of Conor McGregor, the fighter. Now, it's going to take a little while longer to rehabilitate Conor McGregor, the man, if indeed that can be done at all. But this week, he's, just, he's been incredibly professional. He's been incredibly gracious. He's actually been humble, words I never thought I'd be saying to you here on this trip. And he put in like an absolutely staggering performance of striking. You know, Every opportunity he was given last night in those 40 seconds, he took it, you know, and he was very gracious afterwards, still very respectful towards Cerrone and everything else like that, you know, and even respectful towards the future opponents. Never once mentioned Khabib's name, called him that man the whole time, didn't get wound up when his name was brought up, you know, so it certainly was a step in the right direction after 15 months of, you know, it, it was a real nightmare for Conor for the last 15 months. Everything he touched just turned to crap, you know, so uh, for him it must, it must feel great this Sunday, wherever he is in this town, it must feel great to be able to sit back and say, okay, I'm at least some way along the way towards redemption here yeah no that's 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 perfect really that's exactly how i feel about it but um you know the thing was ahead of this fight you know maybe there wasn't the same irish support that he had before and and look we didn't get the same numbers that we saw at the height of his career and look they were incredible traveling the numbers that were traveling were absolutely incredible as i often say that was the sporting moment of my generation you know so it's going to be very hard to keep churning that out and compelling tens of thousands of people to come here but um, I did feel it shift, you know, during the fight, um, especially fight night. You know, people were telling me they weren't going to watch it at all, but my WhatsApp was lighting up from back home, and you could feel the support. You know, they were willing them to destroy Cowboy by the time the fight came around, you know. And um, really afterwards this morning, I was talking to a lot of people back home, and, and it feels like they, they have turned the corner with him now. They're, they're, they're happy to see this guy going forward, you know. I think it's one of those things that's important to understand about Conor McGregor is that fans desperately want to love him but my Jesus does he ever make it hard for us to do it you know and that's the really difficult thing you know they'll wave off some of the things he said to Dennis Seaver and Jose Aldo like I think oh it's only a bit of banter it's only a bit of crack they'll almost wave off punching a man in the head in a bar and they're going ah you know but Irish people fight there all the time but there is a limit and there's always a limit and unfortunately Conor has occasionally stepped across that line now can he win the back absolutely if he performs like he did last night a couple of times more because you know as sports fans we have a desperate case of amnesia Right, we're like goldfish. What happened last night? That's actually over because we can now talk about the NFC Championship game in the NFL here instead because that's the new thing. And the next, like, I mean, there's a, f- like a fight card in Rally Carolina soon enough, right? And we'll have moved on and moved on, and then Cerrone will fight again, and Connor will fight again, and we'll have forgotten all these things, you know. And I think it's important that Connor did address some of the things with the, the Irish state broadcaster RTE. He gave them a very brief interview after the press conference last night. Connor's always really good towards RTE because he feels he can speak to the Irish people. And there, I can't paraphrase. I can only sort of, you know, give you an idea of what he said. But he sort of did say that he wants the Irish people to love him again, that he feels that he let them down. He's been saying all week that he let a lot of people down, that he let his team down and that kind of thing. So that's a good thing. But the important thing now is to stay on that track. 
and that's the hard part, right? You can do it when you have the goal of I'm going to redeem myself, I'm going to show people that this is the man I am, this is the real Conor McGregor, and that kind of thing. But maintaining that over a long time in the way many champions have struggled to do, you know, because when you get to the top of the, you know, I wrote about it in the Irish Times newspaper over the weekend, there, there's no MMA mountains left to, thank you, PC, there's no MMA mountains left to climb for this guy. He's done everything in the game, you know? And now it's just, everything he does is about legacy. Everything he says is about legacy. So he needs to keep himself disciplined. He needs to keep himself focused. He needs to keep a date in his calendar when he's fighting because that keeps him out of trouble. You know, the devil makes work for idle hands and you don't want to make work for Conor McGregor's hands, especially not his left hand because that's just going to get you into trouble right there. You know, so you know, I really hope that he can maintain that focus because, again, f- fans have an awful lot invested in this. Irish fans, in particular, and I'm not just talking about the cash money that cost to come here because people did come here to see him, maybe not in the numbers they did before, but they stayed up all night, they went to the watch parties, they bought the tickets, they bought the pay per views, and they deserve then a fighter that sort of repays that trust by behaving well but also by performing in the octagon. There's nothing you can say about what he did last night, it was absolutely flawless. Yeah from the time the fight was waved on to the time it was waved off, you know. But his behaviour around, I think, is the biggest takeaway. But there's still definitely work to be done. There's still unanswered questions. There's still cases there that are maybe being investigated and that kind of thing. But that will all take his course. But he needs to stay on the course now, whatever happens. Yeah, like, I, I, I've been kind of saying it's like nearly a factory reset, right? Like, I mean, he had all this bad stuff around him, the, the, the badness of the Khabib camp. But it feels like last night, it's like, right, he's back to winning ways. He's behaved himself impeccably all week. And now it's, he can grow from this again. You know, he has laid the foundations for another run here with the UFC. And look, Dana White was beaming from ear to ear talking about the guy. And when you compel that many people to watch a UFC event, you can't really blame the guy, can you? No, that's the thing. I mean, Connor is the cash cow of this organization. Everything the UFC does with Connor is not because they love Connor, it's because they love money, right? And I would always maintain that the UFC should have done a better job. During Connor's turbulent times, they should have been the ones saying, he's not their employee, he's a contractor, as we all know. But they should have been putting an arm around his shoulders and saying, what is making you do this? Connor has alluded to the fact that he was in a dark place, that there were things in his personal life that were bothering him. Dana says he knew that, but he doesn't know what they are, right? To me, any sporting organization, be it a soccer league or a basketball league, or a fight league like the UFC is, it needs to put an arm around the shoulders of its employees because who are we dealing with here, right? We're dealing with people who haven't come maybe from the best of backgrounds. They find themselves in combat sports for a reason. It's because they're not afraid and because they don't do things and think things uh, about think about things in the way that other people do, right? So in some, in some instances, they need help. We've seen the issues that some uh, athletes have had with drugs. We've seen the issues that they've had with depression. We've seen uh, mental health issues cropping up. We've seen domestic violence into, uh, issues cropping up. All of these things aren't great, right? All these things aren't positive, but it's what you do about them. And I think, you know, if they had stepped in and tried to help Connor and said, okay, what can we do for you? What do you need from us to get through these difficulties? That would have been a great thing. Now Connor appears to have done that by himself, so it's a moot point. But, you know, they could certainly have done a little bit more in terms of taking care of their athlete because he is their biggest asset as well. What did you think of the presence over here? And, you know, I don't really want to keep bringing this up because, you know... It's done, as you said. This this event is over. But I mean, did you notice many Irish people on the ground? I know you have uh, a friend who works in Reraw, uh, one of the most famous Irish bars here. I mean, has he said anything to you about the the? feet on the ground so to speak with the with the gales yeah I was actually talking to him today and he was saying that the bar was very quiet last night so Reroll would be one of those places that people go who can't afford tickets to the T-Mobile to T-Mobile they buy tickets for the watch party in that bar and it would usually be rammed to the rafters and then as soon as the fight is over the band starts and it's a great night it's had by all right but uh, last night th- that wasn't there they had maybe 200 people in a place that takes in six, 700 over the, the whole bar with the screens and all that kind of thing there wasn't the same kind of buzz right uh, for non-Irish uh, Eurobash listeners we have a sport called Gaelic football and hurling right and we call them GA jerseys they're the shirts you wear when you're playing those sports right you know the Irish are in town when you see the small clubs and the small county shirts torn up you know you hear the accents you see the pasty faces here in January they haven't seen sunshine since I don't know when as Johnny Cash had it you know and you, we haven't seen that many of those lads absolutely there have been some of them but previously when we were here in you know, 2016 2015 the place was awash with them you know after the fights there was fellas asleep all over the place you know that kind of thing and they were also Irish fans Connor fans who travelled out here they'd spend all their money to get out here and to watch their man fight so those guys went there and those girls went there but you know they will probably be back this is not a great time of the year for it and if he continues on this curve 
it's a very sort of a painful and difficult and slow thing to do as well for him. But if he continues on this curve of sort of you know self-awareness and self-improvement, then you know there's no reason why they won't come back. That said, we're never going to have a 189 again. We're never going to have that night that you talk about in Dublin the whole time with the USC visitor there and the Irish went through the card like welfare. So and nor should we be trying to recreate that. We should be trying to recreate new memories for newer fans coming into the game and all under the banner of this new Connor. You know, um, I, I recorded coffee talk with uh, my beautiful MMA fighting team members earlier on. And uh, the thing they kind of keep bringing up is like, yes, he's back to winning ways. They put him in a perfect matchup to uh, get him there. But I mean, it's a big step up now, Where, whatever way you go, right? You go Habib and Masvidal, all these guys with so much momentum, so much juice at the moment. Um, I thought Connor did very well in terms of... Um, you know, kind of getting one over on Masvidal yesterday. I think Masvidal probably wore that Versace gown to kind of... Connor does like someone to appeal to his... Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have a friend here following us. Um, but, uh, sorry, I lost track of myself. He, he did a great job, I felt, of uh, kind of maybe winning the verbal war with uh, Jorge Masvidal. I didn't see his interview on the broadcast, but I saw Sean Sheehan's tweet, and I trust that man very much. And he kind of said, didn't set the world on fire with it. I mean, it does feel as though we have several storylines now with Conor, right? And they're all pretty much good things. They're all fight-related things. And we're kind of all pondering what's next. What do you think's next? Well, I mean, if he had a loss last night, what was next was either Nate Diaz or Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather. That was it, right? Now he can do whatever he likes. Dana White seems to have, you know, be massively interested in getting the fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov on again. Is that the right fight to make for Conor? I doubt it, right? I don't think so either. No. But last night, I have to say, was the first time in a long, long time that I felt that that Conor McGregor could beat Khabib, right? Because he was just so precise. He was so sharp. Everything he did in terms of striking, striking end of the fight, everything he did came from his takedown defense. When Donald Cerrone went in there to get that takedown, Connor stuffed it and then he went to work. And that clinch work, that shoulder and the clinch, that was absolutely Very masterful stuff. Oh, tremendous. But he's in a place where he will think of that now. Whereas under Khabib, you know bit of water heavy, bit tired, hadn't trained properly and that kind of thing, you know. That made a very, very difficult fight for him uh, back in 2018. But this time around, he was full of energy, he looked powerful in there, but the precision was there and the timing was there. So, you know, I do think he could beat Khabib. Should he take that fight next? I don't know. That's, that's a tough call right there. Yeah, like, I, mean, I I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, he stood in the third round with Khabib, but Conor wasn't the same, dude. Like, that wasn't vin- vintage McGregor. Like... Last night looked far more like the guy we know, right? Like, I mean, as you said, very creative. Like, the, the strikes in from the clinch to shoulders burst Cerrone's face open. Then the head kick. And then the first punch he landed as, as, as Cerrone's crumbling to the ground. Like, it's a moving target, and he absolutely nailed him with the first left hand. Um, is that what you mean? Like, it looks, it looks a far better Conor McGregor? Oh, yeah. I mean, last night was the Conor McGregor that beat Eddie Alvarez. Last night was the Conor McGregor that beat Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, right? That was the difference. That's the Conor McGregor we haven't seen in a long time. Not even against Floyd Mayweather did we see sort of that level of... Sorry. (laughs) Did we see that level of sort of uh, punching, of timing, of technique, of head movement, and that kind of thing. He was in control from the off, and he did whatever he wanted in that fight. And if he's capable of doing that right now... Then he's capable of taking on absolutely anybody. You know, who he should take on. I maintain that, you know, the redemption story, the redemption storyline that's going on with Connor, Khabib, Nate Diaz, Floyd Armani, right? They're the three strands to his redemption if they if they have to be done, right? Gaethje doesn't fit into that for me. Everybody loved to see that fight great, but it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't move the knee. Well, well Dane isn't like definitely doesn't want it, you know? No, because it's a dangerous fight for Connor as well. Here's a guy who's, you know, he'll just go in there and go toe to toe and he'll flail away and something will happen. You know, it might, it might be like an upgraded Cerrone because I don't know I don't know if Justin could live with Connor at that level, if Connor comes in there at that level, you know. Khabib, I think, is a fascinating one because we need to run that back. We need to see the proper Conor McGregor in there because we didn't the last time. You know, to me, that fight hasn't even happened as such because it just, he was so far off what Conor McGregor can do, you know. So, this, for me, the sooner we see it, the better, regardless of how risky that might be, you know. And the other thing, PT, is with a title on the line, that's going to bring the fans. Oh, that's yeah. going to bring the atmosphere. That's going to bring that pop. That's going to bring absolutely everything. Forget the animosity. You know, hopefully they can control a little bit better this time around. But that just the scale of Connor back in a title match here in Las Vegas, in the O2, wherever you want to put it on, that's going to be massive. Yeah, like I, I should say that as well. I mean, the, like it's not just all this outside the cage stuff. I mean, it's just the fact he hasn't been fighting. He hasn't been winning. Like that's going to that's going to take away from your momentum too, right? But. Is like as far as uh, Jose Young's uh, Casey Lydon and Esther, I believe, 
were concerned. They're like, there's no doubt about it. Masvidal is the biggest fight to make now, and it suits him. It's in his wheelhouse. Well, but th- th- hold on a second. What has George Masvidal done, right? He knocked out Ben Askren really, really quickly, and he's had the odd half-decent joke, right? Super necessary, that kind of thing. Well, hang on. Darren Till knockout, Ben Askren knockout, and then the BMF title against Nate Diaz. It's not bad. Uh, well, you know, Nate, Nate was unfortunate because Nate wasn't really able to carry on there, so he busted him up. But I still don't get what the attraction is here, right? You know, because Jorge was around for a long time, you know, and now, you know, he's coming back. The best I look to him and that kind of thing. But does that sort of propel him straight into a welterweight fight with one of the greats? I, I don't get it, you know, and, and he seemed really, really desperate, you know, like the, the yeah, uncharacteristically. This is now I didn't see enough of it, but that that is the 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 kind of summary I'm getting from the people who are watching, and that's not like Masvidal. No, and like that's why Cerrone didn't get a fight for a long time because he was being too complimentary and too nice, and oh, you know, give me the money, give me the money, give me the money. Now eventually he got it, but you know, I don't see what Masvidal brings to the table. I don't think it'll be a great fight. Again, I think if if Connor was in good condition if he was in top condition I don't think Masvidal could live with him really you know so you know, not the way he fought last night I think he'd be showing up you know Connor's not going to make the kind of mistake that Ben Askren made was going here knee me in the head let's get this over and done with kind of thing you know so you know I, I, I just don't really see it. and again they have no history there's no beef there's no reason to fight Masvidal whatsoever when you could fight Nate at welterweight or lightweight you could fight Khabib and you could fight Manny Pacquiao for you know I don't know a bazillion dollars here I like the Masvidal fight. Now, I, 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 I feel like the style matchup is, is, is ridiculous, but it, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's two guys fighting within their wheelhouse, and both, both are excellent strikers. Yeah, yeah, but if you want to make that fight, right, there's a UFC game on the PlayStation, be my guest, right? Go ahead and do it. Because I, I'm trying to look at the bigger picture here, right? Because Connor's 31 years of age now, right? He's smart. He's not going to take too much damage to the head. He's not going to invite that, and then he's going to make his money and get out. How does he do that, and how does he still serve all those storylines? How does he tie off all those storylines one oh, by one? Okay. How he does it is not by fighting Gaethje, and it's not by fighting Masvidal, because you're opening up a whole new book there. If he loses to one of them, then he has to give it again. Maybe he has to give them a rematch because they'll demand that in the contract or that kind of thing, right? Why would you open up another chapter when you haven't written the end of the three chapters that are already there? You're, yeah, so you, yeah, okay, I understand now. You're kind of saying like you need to seal off your legacy here in the correct manner. Is that right? I, I think so. I think this is the way Connor sees things. He talks about the power of attraction. He talks about narrative, narrative, narrative the whole time, right? He's mad well, narratives. Yeah, I'm mad for the narratives, and, and your man from MMA fighting is pushing all these weird shit as well, you know. <laughs> but but the thing is, I think that he wants to see everything like a film. We saw it with the notorious documentary. That would have been one film. Uh, a completely different film if the Mayweather fight hadn't happened. So if you watched it, you know, you could see that it was probably half done by the time the Mayweather fight came around. But then when it did come around, oh, we have to have the boxing in there as well, you know? I think Connor would like it nice and tidy. He would like every, all of these things to be in a, in a chapter of his book, how I got it back from Nate, how I finally beat Nate to get a 2-1 over him, how I got it back from Khabib, how I made my name in boxing, how I, you know, I went 12 rounds with Manny Pacquiao, if that's what it takes to establish him, you know, as a sort of a credible name in the boxing world. They're the things that Conor McGregor wants. Masvidal, incidental. It's going to give him a few million dollars, but there are plenty of other things that would do that as well. Well, that's it. Yeah, I, all right. I wasn't thinking about that like that at all, Phil. You tend to do this to me quite a, quite yeah, a bit, but no, not, back on the you, year, like usually that. in just general life, though. PT, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but, um, Keep going <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we've nearly walked uh, a good bit of the South um, Strip now at the moment. Where are we going? This way? Into Crystals? Or we go across the road and, and go to Niall's favourite restaurant, Fat Burger. He loves the place. Well, I think it's named after him. So. Oh, the abuse. The abuse. So, right, you've, you've, you've laid out a few options there. Which one would you love to see next? Like, which one do you feel is... I'll go on the other side of you, sorry. Yeah. Which one do you think would be ideal? Um, I think the next one is going to be either Tony or Khabib, if one of those doesn't make that fight. Imagine the spanner Tony throws in the mixer if he beats Khabib. I mean, that would be brilliant because, you know, then it opens it up because Conor wants that title back. I think that's what occurred to him last night. The proof of the point, it wasn't just, he didn't just have to prove it to us last night, he had to prove it to himself. And last night he got in there, he felt good, and he got his business done, right? Then he starts to think, the lightweight title, I want that back. I don't think he cares. A fight against Tony is not like a fight against Masvidal. It does add something if Tony has the belt, right? If Masvidal had a belt and that BMF belt, ah, get out of here, you know? (laughs) That that, that doesn't count, you know? It'd be a nice thing to have, but it's even an ugly belt, Conor was saying, you know? But if Tony had that, go after it. Then you go after Khabib. Then you go after Nate. Then you go after Pacquiao or whoever Mayweather wants to put in there so everybody can get the tills ringing again, you know? Well, yeah, all right, I accept your take. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't quite know what I'm going to do with it. But. How, how have you found the week, though, in general? 
I, I love it here, PC. You know, um, a lot of people don't expect me to like Las Vegas. I love it. It's just mad. I mean, we're walking along the strip here. I think I got ADHD about two blocks ago from all the lights and that kind of thing. But I love it. I love the fact that stuff is happening here all the time. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder is going to happen here. You know, there's, there's always something going on in this town, and I love it. But most of all, I love to sort of meet up with the, the, the Beatles-like crew from MMAfighting.com, where you know, in which you are Ringo Starr. Let's face it. Like, but, but so true. But there's so many people that you get to meet these big fights. The from Submission Radio, you know, from all these other outlets as well. There's a great sense of camaraderie. It's a really enjoyable sport to work with in that way. And to sit around or to walk around the streets as we're doing at the moment and to talk about it and to, you know, tease these things out because we care about it so much and we enjoy it so much. That's just a privilege to be able to get paid whilst we're doing this, you know? Yeah, it's very, very true. And um, I want to thank you for being not only in the show, but for looking after me every time I see it and uh, getting your arm around me when I need one and dropping me all these wonderful places that we've gone to this week. Uh, can't thank you enough. Um, you're a great friend of mine, and I love you very much, Philip O'Connor. Anytime, my friend. Anything for you, pal. Now, let's hear from Jose Youngs, the uh, the Bachelor of Westmead, I believe, or the Westmead Bachelor, I believe, Phil O'Connor has christened him over this week. As we have said, mad beef with Noel McGrath and Jose Youngs. It's not a situation that I'm all too fond of. Two of my homies, um, two of my aces, my co my co-hosts at each other's throats. I hope we can repair the damage. That's all I want to do. Increase the peace. We can't have this, um, you know, MMA fighting civil war of podcasts. So I, I I don't want anything to do with it. So uh, let's hear from what Jose Youngs has to say, and then we'll be back to round this bad boy out. I'm now joined by my A-side compatriot and fellow Irishman, yeah. Jose Youngs. And, um, you know, I, I felt Jose be a great man to tell me about how the U.S. feel about the return of McGregor. What does it mean for the UFC and all this kind of dancing? So, um, you know, is it a big result last night for the UFC, do you believe? Well, before we get into that, I just want to say it, it's it's really an honor to be on the Eurobash. It feels good that you finally have like a true Irishman as your as your co-host, like not not some uh, muck savage from Kildare. I don't know what's his name. I don't. He's a bogger. I don't. A, a filthy bogger. Doesn't. Well, but anyway, uh, it just it's it's really an honor to finally have two Irish co-hosts on Eurobash. But to answer your question, uh, leading up to this fight week, uh, it clearly it obviously wasn't as what's what's the word split in terms of do we do we care if he's do we care if connor's back do we not care if connor's back as it is in ireland obviously from your fantastic piece where a lot of uh, of your fellow irishmen and well our fellow irishmen uh weren't too weren't didn't really care that he well not didn't not that they didn't care that um as you said he had kind of lost the favor of his country that is not the case in america i mean it was really kind of out of out of out of sight, out of mind. Like they cared when he was fighting and they cared when he was in the headlines. But if he was doing what he allegedly was doing, if it didn't affect the United States, no one really cared. No one really paid attention. So the fact that he was back, I think a lot of, a lot of American fans took notice, especially just looking at my own text messages. People were saying like, Oh, Connor's back. Connor's back. Fantastic performance. Like he's back. Great, great. Welcome back to the UFC. I'm like, this is the opposite of what P2 was telling me from the Irishman. So it's, I think the U.S. really just view him as a charismatic fighter rather than a proud nationalistic figure like, yeah, like you guys do. Yeah, and, like, and even, even for me, I think a lot of people were saying this kind of stuff, but when the fight night came around, it, they were all watching it, you know what I mean? So it's, but he did do a great job of kind of giving back to the Irish people and stuff like that. But, but like from a pay-per-view point of view, Having him back has got to be good, right? And having him back to winning ways with a bit of momentum now, it's got to be good news for Dana White. I mean, I think it's just good news for fight fans in general. I think, I know, me personally, I know a lot of people who only watched Conor fights. Yeah. And they, to this day, like, they'll be like, oh, what happened to that? What happened to that Misha Tate girl that fought on the co-main event of the Nate Diaz uh, the first Nate Diaz fight. Oh, what happened to um, uh, Tyron Woodley, who fought on that same card as Connor Eddie? So, like, they remember the fighters from the Connor fights. Um, they, 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 Connor will say a name, like Justin Gaethje, and they'll be like, "Oh, who's this Justin Gaethje guy that Connor keeps talking about?" So, it's I've I've experienced it for hand, firsthand, and whether I'm not, I don't really care for Connor's antics outside of the cage, but he's a phenomenal fighter, and I, from my personal point of view, you can't really argue that he doesn't bring eyeballs in so 
I also know a few people who got into the sport for Connor specifically when he was doing his whole thing with uh, Ido Portal, and they're like, "Who's this guy just stretching and doing movement, and then going out there and sleeping someone in 13 seconds? Like this guy rules!" And then they and then they realize they just love the sport of martial arts, and Connor leaves, and they stick around. So in America, from my perspective, he definitely brought eyeball. So it's good for the American audience. Does it even matter to them if he wins or loses? Really, like I mean, I know wins and losses aren't the same as they are in boxing, but for Conor particularly, like, did it feel like, you know, there was as much on this fight as there was for the other ones, like Habib and stuff like that? No, I don't think. I think wins and losses will matter if he strings together a lot of losses. Like, if he strings together three or four losses in a row, he will obviously lose uh, the the aura of his invincibility. But what, what, what you similar to what Ireland? you were telling about the Irish, like he would say he's going to do this and then he did it. Yeah. And he would always go up against like in America, the Rocky movies, a lot of people don't watch combat sports and they associate boxing or just any combat sports with Rocky. So they see this, this guy coming to enemy territory, going, flying to Brazil, calling out the greatest fair or whatever, and then knocking him on 13 seconds. Like that's what they like to see because they love these Rocky moments when we that, that are watching it know yeah, he knocked out Aldo in 30 seconds, but Connor's a phenomenal athlete, and they really did push this narrative of this 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 Irishman who comes from this working family trying to make a name for himself. And as you know, Americans love Irish people, especially us Irish Americans, right? So, it's uh, I think wins and losses wouldn't matter, but they also like I, I don't know a lot of people that none of the people I spoke to thought he was going to be Floyd. A lot of people ask whether Habib would have – he would beat Habib, but it was mostly like, oh, Connor's back after so long. Does he have a chance? And I would say, not really, and they believed me. So, and then he, But when he lost, they didn't really care because it's – they like Connor. They don't – a lot of them will like Connor, but they're not quite there yet as like hardcore MMA fans yet. Right, right. So, like, obviously we know Masvidal had a huge year last year. Is one of the people that's being talked about. Like, where is his stock compared to Connor's? Is that anywhere near or is it – Apples and oranges. It's uh, it's just different different audiences. I think Connor is a character. Uh, he, he he's an exciting brash Irishman that ever. Not even just America. The whole world kind of took a cap. Was he captivated the whole world? Jorge, what Jorge Masvidal does is he lives in the states. Like he's he's first generation Cuban American from Miami. Um, so he speaks perfect Spanish and he speaks English. Obviously, he can do. He can go on ESPN, like, right there in Miami. He can go to New York. He can do all this. So American audience will, will see a lot more of Jorge Masvidal. They might, when they fight, when he fights Conor, I'm sure they will tune in for Conor. But Jorge Masvidal is not a name they're not familiar, familiar with at this point because he's making the rounds in media. Not just UFC. Like, he's making the rounds in mainstream media. Yeah, that's I see him on ESPN an awful lot. He like did, um, he was in he, he stopped by, like, the Vanity Fair, the Vogue. Like, he's just complex, like... Since he lives in the states, he can do he can go do these interviews and do these media spots that Connor can't just simply because he's there. So uh, you, you'll see Jorge a lot in the United States. You know, with with Jorge and um, with Con- and Connor, a lot of the Irish people felt as though I saw Sean Sheehan from Ireland, obviously um, talking about you know Masvidal didn't really sell the fight that well last night like he didn't do a good job of it what do you think do you feel as though everybody's still talking about the possibility of that matchup do you think he took a step away from it or a step closer to it last night I mean it got to be a good thing for me if if Connor's kind of mentioning him anyway he's talking about him but as far as they were concerned he, he did an interview he didn't put his best foot forward so to speak and then Connor kind of verbally won that exchange you know it's it's hard to say simply because like we follow the sport so religiously because of our jobs that like we understand. We know we've been following Jorge for like 10 years. Like Jorge fighting Jorge, Jorge fighting Connor 5 years ago would have been a fun fight just because of their styles and like their characters, but like right now in 2020, I didn't understand him wearing the same robe that Connor did. I thought that was weird like he was, So you're with Connor in this one. You thought it was a bit strange. I thought it was very strange. Like Jorge's has his own style he has his own flair he's street jesus and now he's copying another man it just felt felt a little forced um you didn't need to sell the bmf title like nate versus jorge is like these two guys that don't talk trash they just go down go out there and try and kill you connor sells fights with his mouth and then he obviously sells uh with his style in there jorge is similar to a diaz in that he is what you see is what you get like he does not put on a mask um, I think 
their stylistic matchup would sell huge in America, like just bloodshed, like BMF, this and that. But I, it's just I didn't see the broad, the interview on on well, the broadcast. But I, it's hard to say whether he sold it or not, simply because I like that fight, even if. I, I would have liked that fight five years ago. He doesn't need to sell it. No, he doesn't need to sell me. He needs to sell it to the American public. And uh, so I, I don't know. I haven't. I, no one's asked me from my casual, casual MMA fans whether Jorge is going to fight Connor. That that much is true. Who are they asking about? Just when? Do, when is Connor returning? Not who, not is he going to fight Jorge? Is he going to fight Camaro? Is he going to fight Nate? It's when's he going to fight next? Not who when. Final question: uh, Dana Hoyth believes that the most valuable fight in combat sports at the moment is the rematch between Habib and Connor. Do you agree with that or do you think another fighter would make a bigger splash? It's Jorge. Jorge versus Connor is the biggest fight they can make right now. I mean, it's exciting. It's not gonna it's gonna end violent. Like I I like watching the Habib fight, I watched it in like Joe like the commentary sold it like, oh he's like that remember that rack I can't remember quite the round, but like the whole fight was on was standing. Habib never shot him for a takedown, and people were like, "Oh, Connor, this is where he's going to come back." I rewatched that fight like a couple months ago. I'm like, Habib just kind of ran through him. It wasn't close at all. This fight would be a this fight would be a scrap. Like he's like Jorge's not going to go out there and get slept immediately. Uh, this is really the new the new Jorge Masvidal of 2019. Is he's going out there to put hit your off button, as he said. Uh, he just wants to fight bad dudes. So it's 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 Jorge right now is like we looked at the numbers is dwarfing everyone. On YouTube, like Connor did, a, did interviews, and Jorge is double his number. So uh, Jorge right now is the biggest fight the UFC can make, and I I just think it's leverage. The Dana, like Connor, I know Connor and Jorge probably like that fight because it's gonna, it's it's the highest money fight. But Dana is probably just using leverage for something else. I don't know, but it's, I don't even want the second Connor Habib fight. I, the lead up was way too dark for me, and it wasn't competitive. I don't want to relive that again. Just is there anything I can do? Uh, I hate to see two of my countrymen at loggerheads, and you and Noel. I mean, it got vicious. Do it like Noel McGrath? Uh, no, he's from Kildare. Oh yeah, yeah, the Kildare guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, he he like you know. I, I want to see you guys as friends. Is there any way? Like, I mean, people might have saw the tweets, but they didn't see the vicious voicemails that went between you guys. And I mean, were they were they vicious, or was it just me? stating facts like the sky is blue is not a vicious statement is it i mean look i don't want to get in between you guys all right like i love you both very much and we need to stop this civil war the mma fighting podcast uh, civil war the irish media civil war is what you're saying needs to be needs to be stopped well here's what we can do i'll meet i'll meet him in kildare wherever that is it sounds like a fictional place uh clearly not dublin am i right like it's it's probably the complete opposite it's not as it's not west meath i don't think they have cars there man right it's not west meath where my family hails from it's like we, we i run the fields of west meath like streets who needs them fields is where it's at so if he wants to meet in west meath i'll buy him some mezcal from my mom's side of the family some good mexican liquor and he can buy me Whatever swill he wants to pedal my way in my field of Westmeath, and that's what, that will be the beef squashed. Will, we'll squash, and it's not even beef. I'm just like Niall. I'm sorry. Like you're you're who? Like I'm sorry that you're you. <laughs> well, I'll say thank you so much for this. Uh, I'm sure Niall is going to love editing that interview. Um, it's been a pleasure working with you guys. Um, I'll see you very soon. Adios. Thank you so much, Jose Youngs and Philip O'Connor, of course. That rounds out the uh, the coverage from Las Vegas from this man. I am absolutely drained. I go home now and I'm going on a few days vacation with the lovely Elaine um, to Amsterdam. I got that. Uh, that. That was a little Christmas present from Petey here. But um, look, look at all the things we're talking about here. This is great. This is the type of way we want to speak about Conor McGregor. So many options at play. The master of puppets when it comes to this game at times, you know. Um, certainly seems as though he, he's back on the straight and narrow performance like that, you know. Although people are, are saying Cerrone was a deer in the headlights, you know, Connor, Connor was electrifying while he was in there. I mean, comes out, imagine like throwing that massive left hand completely, comes out there with bad intentions. Um, 
tried to destroy Cerrone straight away, and it didn't take him long to do it. And look at the creation as well. It was a creative display. The shoulders, the, the head kick, and, and the accuracy on, the, on the, the punch he delivered once the fight hit the ground. These are all really good things, and it was good to see everyone back together there as well. Roddy and, and John, and um, I even saw Artem there. You probably saw the interview on MMA fighting, and Dawsbrack, all those guys. Um, you know, it's great. Great to see them all smiling, happy faces. You know, that kind of tells you that it's legit as well. I'd love to pick Roddy's brain about, you know, Phil Sutcliffe, how, how they work together there. Um, it's uh, the new camp, you know, so much uh, new faces in the camp. But uh, the most important one, McGregor, of course, is uh, <clears throat> is back to winning ways and uh, looking very, very good. Like, I mean, we, we were talking earlier about, like, Jorge Masvidal doing more numbers in terms of, you know, our channel over the, the week or whatever. But, I, I like, after that fight, it's probably changed, right? Because now there's so many things at play. The next fight is going to be so meaningful for Conor, whatever way it goes. It's um, whoever it is, really. Like, I mean, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, Habib, uh, you know, Mayweather, I, I don't really want that. I don't really want the boxing thing to happen, but I guess, you know, you can't blame the guy if he wants to make money. Um, You know, I'm not going to be turning down any uh, $100 million paychecks anytime soon. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, Justin Gaethje, a lot of people want to see, but that seems to be, like, Dana White kind of threw a lot of water on that one. But, um, look, these, these are the things that uh, we want to be talking about when it comes to Connor. You know, he is a, a truly great fighter. And uh, he reminded us all of that the other night. And, um, you know, I love this dynamic now. Because it's like, oh, just because he, he beat Cerrone, it doesn't mean he's going to be Habib and Masvidal. But this should be the terrain that suits him the most. This is how he made his name. Shutting people's mouths. And he's even got people like me down him now. People like, like you know, that, that you have been the, the, the ones that have lifted him up. The one kind of writing these stories about him before anyone else we were always uh believing he'd win the only fight I ever kind of predicted he'd lose was the habib one um but now masvidal the way you know so much hype habib having won the first fight you know it's it's like wow if he goes in and stops one of these guys it's gonna go absolutely insane again uh it's gonna go mental uh yeah it's 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 great that it's great to see him winning again. It's great to see him fighting so well again. This is what we've always wanted. So, um, you know, the the redemption of Conor McGregor is well underway. So, um, that's all from me in Vegas. I'm just looking around my room here, making sure I've every, everything backed into my bag. Phil O'Connor is coming up in his rented car to bring us to the airport now. He's like me dad, really, over here. I'd, I'd be lost without him. Like maybe a big brother, nearly. He's like Luke on the road. Um... I'll be lost without the man. Um, I'll be lost without Casey and Esther and, and Jose this week as well. You know, everybody looking out for me. It's a great old bunch we have on Meteoro. And it's so much more friendly, I feel now, than it was when uh, I first came into it. Everybody gets on with each other. It's it's really cool. It is. It's really nice, like, you know. It used to be really stressful if it, when it felt like we were all out to get each other. Not out to get each other. We always had friends in there. But there was just, you know, it was probably because we were all trying to make our way up, you know. But um, great to see everybody. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Hopefully it will be Habib and Tony in April. Um, let us know what you thought of our coverage. And uh, let me know what you thought of our Las Vegas special. I love you loads. Mwah.